welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. My name is Matthew Dawkins, and I am joined by my glorious co-hosts, Danielle Lozon. Hello. And Dixie Cochran. Hi. Hi. Who here is feeling adventurous? Ooh. Yeah, there was a mix of responses there. I felt a little like a community leader or someone <laughs> taking a, a corporate team out on some kind of ice-breaking exercise. The, I think you, the response needed to be, I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I said through clenched teeth, who is feeling adventurous? I mean, I did take that werewolf fifth quiz that was going around recently, and... Uh, all the all the questions that were about being out in the woods that that, that had answers of like you you want to go hail a cab and go home. I was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to explore the woods. I don't want to be out in the woods at night. I want to go home and watch TV, and that's why I got Glass Walker. <laughs> I am an adventurous person. I like you are. I like I like a little adventure in my life. Uh, are you going to be uh, making a journey to Death Valley for a hike this summer? Uh, I'm already in Death Valley in my own home. Thanks very much. <laughs> I understand some fucking idiots do. Sorry, but bad language in the first 10 minutes. That's us not monetized. Um, I don't think we've ever been monetized, have we? Well, shit. No. Uh, it's one of the reasons I, I'm one of these cowards that doesn't attend music festivals like Glastonbury over here because I've no desire to uh, sit in a tent stinking and sharing the same common toilets as other people. Everything about festivals and burns and stuff sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would more than happily attend it for the music and then go to a nearby hotel, have the privacy and sanctity of my own room and bathroom. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I am not in my late teens anymore. And even when I was, I don't think I could have been persuaded uh, to, to hunker down with, uh, with muddy people. I mean, I, I famously do not like camping. I don't like bugs. I don't like being dirty. Um, mm. The closest, like, that I remember was, you know, when we would go to, like, Dragon Con or something and cram, like, six people in one hotel room. Yeah. And even that now, I'm like, mm -mm, nope. The last several oh, times yeah. that I went to Dragon Con, once I was over 30, it was just me and my best friend. We each had our own bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we each had half the room to ourselves. Yeah. We're just like like I, I I can't anymore. There there's some creature comforts that I just need. And part of that's because I, I do have a, a not great back. Mm -hmm. So like sleeping on a floor of any kind is awful. Yeah. But part of it is just like I like I, I do like my climate control and I do like having my own bathroom. <laughs> All those things. Well Eddie and I were incorrectly booked into a double room for UK Games Expo this year. That's the start of every fanfic. Um, it will be now, won't it? Uh, <laughs> let your imaginations go wild. Speaking of adventures, was, was there only one bed? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. And um, I mean, go ahead. Well, no, when I said right there, uh, and then I'm a bigger Eddie. No, I said, <laughs> um, <laughs> I said <laughs> that that'll be uh, sound grabbed, won't it? Um, I said, Eddie, I like you. <laughs> But um, I also appreciate having my own space, and I think I'm not going to be able to get to sleep anymore. I, I don't think I could get... In the olden days, back when I was young, I could get into a bed with anyone and fall asleep. And sometimes that wasn't even the intention. But now, if I get into bed with someone and I don't usually share a bed with them, 
I'm likely to just feel uncomfortable and and twitchy and yeah, and I'll probably end up kicking him. Uh, inadvertently, <laughs> I just would. Luckily, uh, just I do it on purpose down. instead. Well, the thing is, it was one of those because it's a hotel room double bed. It can be split into twins easily enough. Uh, but I called down to reception. This is an utterly trivial, pointless anecdote. But I called down to reception. I said what the situation was. They moved us into another room where two twin beds were already made up. So it wasn't an issue. But I wonder why they didn't just come up to our room and, and split the beds. Maybe they didn't have the bedding. Who knows? It, Either it, way. It, probably just easier for them mm. to to move you rather than do a bunch of work to separate those beds. Because... They probably have those beds together as like this is a double bed, yeah, yeah. always. And mm. so if we separate it, then we'll have to push it back, and we might as well just move you to another room. Yeah. So oh. sadly, I uh, stymied the fanfic creators early, but let your imaginations go wild. As I say, if you want to uh, write <laughs> about that, I'm sure Ed, neither Eddie nor I will ever read your ideas. So I just. I have to go back to your description of your younger days when you were like, oh, I could fall asleep in bed with anyone, even if that wasn't the plan or idea. <laughs> and all I can imagine is like, like your dating life must have been miserable. Oh, well, not for me. <laughs> like, I love a nice night's sleep. But so unfortunately. Gets asked to go back to like for a nightcap and gets in bed with a woman <laughs> or you know whoever and then just passes out. Yeah, but you know what? When I woke up, I was very complimentary about the bedding. Uh, I would, and you'd be amazed. I'm not. I'm only half joking now. How many people would take it as a an extreme compliment for me to say, you know, I'm so comfortable in your company that I just fell straight to sleep, and that would sometimes be, you know, I guess better than the alternative, which isn't saying much con, for me I either. See. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think no. I think people uh, people like it, or some people like it. Certainly, if you can show demonstrate vulnerability, there you sure. Go. No, that's true. I mean, some mm -hmm. people also just want to shag. Yeah, yeah. I don't know many of them. <laughs> well, that story was a real adventure. <laughs> well, you can play that story with one of our role playing games. I don't this, think I want to. <laughs> that this could be. Uh, let, let's let's uh, brainstorm. So you're playing Trinity Continuum Adventure. You get uh, a book a hotel room and there's only one bed. Yes, and this is the premise. This is where we start. So our two adventurous protagonists from our adventure game, played by Dixie and Danielle. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I need you to think right now who your characters are. You are planning on spending a night in a hotel. Let's go to let's go to Cairo. Because, you know, everyone likes an Egyptian adventure. And... Sounds hot. I don't like it. <laughs> Work with me here, Dixie. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, Theater of the mind. Theater of the yes, mind. Exactly, exactly. Immerse yourself in the role. Inhabit the character. Uh, your characters, who we will soon be introduced to, have just been checked into the hotel room. They're not intending on staying longer than a night, but wouldn't you know it, it's a double bed. Now, this could be a comedy of errors coming up, but who are you playing and why are they refusing to sleep together? Dixie, you get to start, which means you get the easy option because Danielle's got to then build something in, in contrast to you. <laughs> Try pulling something from Adventure if you can. I haven't read Adventure, so okay. Um... From Trinity, then. <laughs> 
I I'm going to make my character a a lady nurse who is a member of whatever the Eon Society is in Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, since they have different names in every era, uh, and she is mostly just embarrassed because she thrashes about a lot at night, so she doesn't want to you know bother her her compatriot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. D, who are you? You're and a nurse, she said. Yeah, and I and I did say lady nurse because it's you know the time period that it is, so they would mm-hmm. say strange things like that. Yeah, me- mm-hmm. men who are nurses. What what kind of nonsense? <laughs> In the 1930s. Uh, yes, Danielle. Uh, so you are likewise, your character is stepping into this room with your nurse companion. Uh, maybe your friends, maybe your colleagues. And yeah, you are faced with this potentially awkward situation. Who are you playing? I'm playing uh, Helga, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Austrian uh, bruiser who uh, doesn't know this lady nurse. Ah, I see. Um, I I was told that I was booked in this room alone, and I just walked in, and here she was, and then she said, no, this is my room, and we we went downstairs, and they said, we're sorry, there are no other rooms available. We're ah, going to have to share. Ah, yes, this, this, yeah. this, this is how we're, we're, we're meeting for the first time. Yes, yeah. this is good. This is good. I can build a story from this. So Are we after the same artifact? Time. I'm not telling you. I'm not oh, telling you. But maybe it'll come out overnight. <laughs> mm, okay, well, well, listeners, that is the end of our prologue for this adventure serial drama. So <laughs> tune in next time to find out why they are in Cairo and what they're going to do about this awkward bedding situation. So yeah. And next time we mean never. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually feeling inspired now to run this game with these characters. Uh, Every time we make any kind of character or premise or one sentence thing, you're like, now I want to make it. I say the same thing. You're going to forget it, it by tomorrow. That's how we got the world below. Yeah, it's isn't, true. Isn't that good? That, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we talk about our games even in a fanciful fashion like this and i think they can it can still be inspiring sometimes all you need is a sort of trigger point a a place from which your characters activate and then if you've got that a story flows hopefully or it crashes and burns immediately i was then thinking a boulder could come rolling through the room and you've got you're chased out of the hotel indiana jones style (laughs) Uh, <laughs> just random boulders rolling through town <laughs> it happens when... <laughs> it's, a, it's a plague on Egypt unfortunately they're, they're known for them the uh, I don't, boulders. yes I don't remember that God was feeling particularly malicious that day uh, he thought you know what the, the locusts and the frogs weren't cutting it so pharaoh boulders what crash bang smash uh <laughs> Okay, okay, you can let them go. Anyway. <laughs> I I have either of you seen Dial of Destiny? No. Yes. You did Oh, okay. I did uh, see it. Is it too recent a release to spoil it on on the Pathcast, do you think? Mm, when did it come out? I and indeed sure. for Dixie because if Dixie hasn't seen it, Dixie may not want to hear about it. I don't care about Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones, so probably not well, going to see yeah. it unless it happens to be on TV sometime. And you call yourself a patriot of the arts. 
I don't not, know. Not a patron of the arts, not a patron of the arts or a patriot of America, but a patriot of the arts because archaeology is an art. I don't I don't call myself either of those things. A patriot of the arts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what struck me is that Indiana Jones never became a not in the musical sense a manic street preacher. Hmm. Uh, because he has, in, on two occasions, verifiably witnessed God. Yes. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, I like the first three Indiana Jones movies to varying degrees. But, yeah, we know that at the end of Raiders of the Last Ark, yes, he doesn't look at the Ark, that's why his face doesn't melt. Though I think Harrison Ford's face would stay exactly where it was if he did. And then he cures Sean Connery with the Holy Grail yeah. in Last Crusade, thus proving the existence of God. Quite but he, but mm -hmm. he just goes back to teaching archaeology at university. It's very, he's very blasé about it, really, and never mentions it again in any subsequent movies. I mean, so, so one of the things that this movie did is confirm my belief that every movie... Uh, has the the Indiana Jones and his love interest? Um, God, fuck! What's Marion Ravenwood? Yeah, Marion. And That's the most vampire name, by the way, yeah, it really it is. is. Uh, all she needed was the word Ash, Silver, or Black somewhere in her name. <laughs> Raven, come on. Well, come yeah, on. yeah, we're pretty much there. <laughs> so she, uh, so it has those two characters, um, but very few other characters make it from movie to movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in any sense. And so it's confirmed to me that every new Indiana Jones movie completely ignores any previous movies that have come before. See, I like that. Mm. I, I quite like that. And going back to adventure, it it speaks to the adventure serial nature. You know, this is your movie of the week, your villain of the week. It's right. This is uh, this is the tale. And then next time you don't have to have watched the previous episode to right. know what's going on. Yes. I mean, yeah. James Bond obviously used to do that. Right. Um, um, I think the Indiana Jones movies, absolutely, you don't have to watch them in order to enjoy them. You don't have to know what came before to understand it. Mm -hmm. um, they very rarely make references to previous movies. And that is why Indiana Jones is not a street preacher, because in every movie, by the end of it, like by the beginning of it, he's never seen those things that he saw before. Yeah. Hmm. And we don't know what he goes to do after it. Yeah. Now I'm interested oh. in seeing if he ever made even like a tiny indirect reference to a previous adventure. Because I've, I, I've seen, I think I've seen the first three. If so, yeah. I was a literal child. Because um, I remember bits and pieces of them. Uh, but mostly I remember uh, the, the gross stuff. Because I was a child and it scared me. <laughs> that's Temple of Kalima. Doom. That's, yeah, that's Temple yes. of Doom you're remembering. Yeah. That's the, that's well, no, because... I don't know. Yeah. The Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark also had a pretty gruesome death scene. Yeah, it has oh, that the... face-melty thing, right? Well, it has that oh, face-melty yes. thing. Oh, and it also has somebody... Yeah, it has somebody get like chopped up in a propeller. And it's the same actor, Pat Roach. Uh, the only reason I know him is because he actually lived near me for a while. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I happen to know that he is, and I don't think it's that obscure, he's also the man in brown face, uh, he says through clenched teeth, in Temple of Doom, who ends up in the meat grinder, or mm. rock crusher, 
And he was a uh, member of the Gestapo in Last Crusade who got cut out. <laughs> they just kept bringing him back to uh, be killed off by, by Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, well, um, again, confirming my belief that none of the movies take into account any of the other movies because yeah. this actor consistently should not be there again because he died before. But if it's doesn't care about the previous movies, he could be in every single one of them and die over a, and over and again. It could be a Jumanji-like affair where Pat Roach keeps coming back in the form of, let's say, Indiana Jones' older brother who died when he was younger and Pat Roach is just a figment of his imagination and he's always beating him up, he's always <laughs> fighting him and then in an inadvertent accident when Indiana Jones was a young man he killed his older brother in some gruesome way that got him cut to ribbons <laughs> and now he appears again and again as a Nazi, as a cultist, as a, as a member of the Gestapo um, to be killed each time this is some, like, deep conspiracy theory shit, but I like it. <laughs> How could you work that into a game of adventure? Well, I... <laughs> well, so one of the cool things that adventure has are these, like, kind of alternate, like, alternate dimensions, for lack of a better term, mm. um, that are, like, pockets of weirdness uh, where the, those worlds overlap with our own. Yeah. Or with the world of adventure, because the world of adventure is not necessarily like our own. And it could be that this individual has crept out of a strange place. Oh. Each time. Hmm. And uh, Indiana Jones is destined to kill him every time he shows up. I kind of love the idea that, the, yeah, there's this character that keeps popping out of strange places just to immediately be killed by our heroes. <laughs> I mean, lots of TV shows, I, I'm thinking of Fringe now, actually, and, and the X-Files, they introduce shape-shifting aliens or shapeshifters mm -hmm. from another dimension uh, on, on several occasions. And, yeah, they tend to be characters that appear as a threat at the beginning of the episode and then are then killed in the same episode but because they're shapeshifters their default form tends to be the same actor each time so then four episodes later hang on it's this character again no it's just another shapeshifter and their neutral face is the uh, guy who played the Bruhar in uh, Kindred the Embraced oh. Oh. I think that's him uh, but, but don't quote me on that Someone yeah I will. wouldn't know I I recognize faces, but I don't know people's names. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm I'm fairly face blind, but once I figure it out, I'm like, oh, it's that guy, and I can list like everything they've been in. No, mm, no, I'm gonna look it up now. Um, so... I was already looking it up. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm gonna fill the space while they look things up. So please do. Uh, adventure, since we're talking about adventure, new release he was he was the alien bounty hunter. Yes, newly released. Um. <laughs> So we, uh, it's, it's, the PDF is currently on sale yeah. for Christmas in July, uh, which I think will still be going on on Friday. You um, should definitely follow Cecil the Friendly Dragon. Yeah. Savings. And uh, that will, I think that's going on all week. Um, so this is the, today is the tail end of it, but it should still be going on. Mm -hmm. um, it is the uh, PDF for Adventure is 25% off right now, mm -hmm. uh, so you can pick it up uh, for a little cheaper than normal. 
And if you like it, then maybe get the POD version if, you know, if that strikes your fancy. But, you know, uh, in general, adventure is probably a lot of people I know's uh, favorite genre game. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Right. So, like, yes, if you like superheroes, mm-hmm. you might like Aberrant, but you might also like Mutants and Masterminds or some other superhero game that I don't know the name of. Um, and if you like space exploration and far future stuff, you, you may like Aeon, which is great. You also may like Eclipse Phase, or you may like Mind Jammer, or you may like any other number of things. Dog. <laughs> Danielle, at this point, was abducted by her dog. Yeah, Klaus is at the shoe-eating stage of puppyhood. Oh, okay. Uh, I had to go buy brand new shoes yesterday. Um, oh. And then put them high on a shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could not get them and immediately start eating them. Do you think Klaus is constantly emerging from strange places to eat shoes? <laughs> no, he just is a strange place <laughs> that consumes shoes. A sentient, strange place. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you want to play a like pulp action, 1920s, 1930s uh, romp, there are not a lot of games that do that. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, adventure. I think there was like a, maybe like a D20 modern that had like a, pulp setting yeah it was a um, necropolis i think or something like that yeah, it was very much yeah delving into i think pyramid. there's a there's like a pulp cthulhu um mm-hmm. but you but all of the cthulhu like yes you could also do the 20s in like any of the cthulhu call of cthulhu whatever but that's all very horror based yeah um in whatever way it is cosmic horror or whatever um, but adventure is not horror based at all. It is about saving the day and punching bad guys and being big badass heroes. Yeah. Um, and there's just not a lot of other games that do that. Not saying that there aren't other games that do that. There's just not a lot of them. And so I think in one way it's unique. And then in another way it is. Uh, that kind of hopeful tone and the ability to um, play kind of these bigger than life heroes uh, is a is a draw to people who like our games, but a lot of our games have kind of they have drawbacks, right? You can't be a superhero in aberrant without dealing with uh, a drawback a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can't be a psionicist in Aeon without having a little bit of a drawback. Uh, so, but you can be an adventurer in adventure. You could be a stalwart or mesmerist. And the drawback is there is none. You're just, you're a cool guy. Mm-hmm. You get to do cool things. So. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that kind of like high flying adventure pace like I, I'd say that the only game that we currently produce that comes anywhere close to that would be like a Cavaliers of Bards. 
because it's got a similar kind of feeling of like that, you know, pulp serial mm-hmm. movie situation. Yeah, um, yeah. But because this one is rooted in our world, you know, it, it's a little bit more relatable for a lot of folks, especially fraternity fans, right? Um, and I mean, it's it's. I I said earlier, like I, I'm not really an Indiana Jones fan, but I still like understand the appeal of that kind of story, you know? Because mm. yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. I've got another scenario for you both. Oh, okay. You would be able to use an adventure. So, uh, as my, I know you both absolutely love improv. Uh, so, the two of you, the bruiser and the nurse, have uh, taken flight from Cairo now. They have boarded a biplane. I'll let you decide which of you know how to fly one. And uh, you are making your way to coordinates that a map that you picked up from a rather dodgy street vendor uh, told told you is the last known location of the ephemeral palace of the pharaoh Hujima Flip. Uh, I can't come up with a better name right now, so Hujima Flip will have to do. Hujima Flip, I like that as a yes. as a placeholder. Okay. Yeah, it works. Well, it works. Yeah, so we'll, we could just call him the Moon Pharaoh. There we go, because the, the Egyptian, ancient Egyptians had a lot of sun worship, as we know, but uh, the moon doesn't come up quite as often. So the Moon Pharaoh, Hujima Flip. Now, the reason you're heading there isn't to rob the place. You are honourable archaeologists and antiquarians. You know, you aren't going there to uh, pillage this place and send its contents back to the British Museum. Oh, no. You're going there to verify its existence and determine whether it is one of these strange places, perhaps a gateway somewhere else. We're flying across the Sahara Desert by biplane when suddenly you can hear or see another biplane hoving in above and behind you. And then there's suddenly a rat They're opening fire on you. They're trying to shoot you down into the bleached white desert. My question to you, first and foremost, is who is flying that plane? Are they representing a faction? Are they someone operating on their own? Are they an ancient rival? Are they a political enemy? I'll go for Danielle first this time. <laughs> um, they're my most recent ex-lover. Oh, dear. Who I, who I conned out of a million dollars. Who was expecting to share a hotel room with you in Cairo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Helga, I, I booked the on suite. With, yes. <laughs> with the spa treatment and you threw Actually, it in my face. The, the, the whole reason we got mixed up is because my character goes by Bobby. And uh, these ex was also a Bobby. So they just got yes. confused at the hotel. Yes. That, see, I, I was going to going to ask what your relationship to this pilot was, and yeah, okay, so an ex-lover. And he's taking things very personally, because he's trying to shoot you down over the desert. Yes. Is there, is there any way out of this situation other than to fire back or land? Uh, Danielle, you are the expert when it comes to Trinity rules, and I'm going to need you to cast your mind to the various uh, abilities... Uh, the various gifts, edges, and whatnot that you might possess in a game like this. I, I uh, will... Sorry. Yeah, no, no, so, sorry. Dixie, throw in. I could say, I will say that I think that in this case, because of my uh, military and nursing training, I think I'm flying the plane and D is handling weaponry. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can you take the shot? This, this guy was your fiancé for a long time. It's just upgraded, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> At least he thought so. He proposed to you. You rejected him. As far as he's concerned, that's fiance material. Um, I don't want to kill the guy. That mm. I mean, I just wanted to steal all his money. I don't want to. I'm not a killer. Yeah. Um, you're a bruiser, not a killer. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think what I I I think that we are going to try to dis. I'm going to try to shoot to disable his plane. Mm. Um, but. I think when I do, um, well, I think I can easily. Um, there's, there's definitely gifts that will allow me to make a crack shot and hit yeah. exactly what I'm aiming at. Um, and I have inspiration, which allows me to um, just, you know, write that, you know, his, his gas tank is, is exactly where I'm shooting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I shoot a hole through his gas tank and the, you know, the gas starts spilling out and he's going to, he's going to essentially not be able to operate the plane much longer because he's going to run out of gas. Wow. Okay. Well, to conclude this scene until next time, as he goes down, he likewise is something of a sharpshooter, though not with mm. a plane's machinery. He has a, a Luger. Oh. Uh, from the war, and he he points it as he's spiraling down toward the desert and fires. It blasts the back propeller off your plane. You're going to be able to have a more controlled descent than he is. But wouldn't you know it, as you land in your unflyable plane because of Dixie's fantastic flying ability, you land within sight of the palace, which comes into view like a mirage, as ha heat haze. But wouldn't you know, it is actually there. Now the problem is, you've got this palace before you, but no way back across the desert. And also that guy yeah. behind us. Yeah, if he survived the crash, and it's likely that he did, he's going to be storming through the sand after you with at least five bullets left in that handgun. Well, so. uh, we have a head start. Yep. And Hang on, I said we'd, we'd do this next time. Dang it. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> because you're running a game for two gamers, Matthew. You can't expect us to want to play this in five-minute bursts. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Fifteen minutes later, I'll tell you what happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now what are we going to talk about? I mean, no, no. Part of the reason I'm just throwing these things at you isn't just to be a frustrating prick. It's because... I, oh, uh, I just thought that was the way you are. Oh, that as well. Uh, but uh, I, I always want to demonstrate to listeners, whether you're role players, story guides, just readers of our games, genuinely how easy it is to come up with set pieces, plots mm -hmm. for these games, especially something like Trinity, which is grounded in our world, as Danielle mm -hmm. said. Uh, adventure, especially, because it's an era that is still within, well, to some living memory, but mainly media memory. And that means you have a lot of resources that you can use to access that 1920s, 1930s period. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, an awful lot of literature. It is so easy to pick up anthologies or short stories of pulp fiction. Mm -hmm. and, and but not take pulp your fiction, because that's but a not, different... Not, yeah, don't take it... Well, you can take inspiration from that, but I wouldn't necessarily describe that as an adventure game. Um I'm trying to think now over obviously Tarantino's Pulp Fiction is there any of that that would work in a game of adventure I mean I think that mm. having a, a a briefcase that emits light as a magical MacGuffin situation people are trying to fight over okay. in lots yeah. of games alright so yeah we can take the first 15 minutes of Pulp Fiction <laughs> 
Uh, also, there is some fun gunplay, and I feel like you could have, uh, you know, a, a, a really good milkshake at some point in adventure. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the all those bullets miss uh, Samuel Jackson because he possesses a gift or, or a device that deflects them. There we go. Um, but, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, there is so much media, so many inspirational sources that are accessible to us, whether you're looking at something like Indiana Jones or The Mummy or, or Doc Savage. Uh, there, there's a lot of places you can go. King Solomon's Mines, uh, from which you can pull these story ideas and just tilt them slightly or just take them wholesale uh, for your group. And the way the players respond will inevitably alter the way the plot you know is about to go. So if you take something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I guarantee a group of four players will act in a very different way to a solitary Indiana Jones. And yeah, maybe you will actually get a sword fight with the, um, yeah, with the magnet twirling uh, swordsman instead of just pulling out your gun shooting him. Mm. Uh, because... Mm -hmm. In your game of adventure, you might want a long, drawn-out scimitar clash. Uh, or you might want the cool effect of just gunning a guy down. Yeah. <laughs> Which, were, I don't mean that's cool in a in a real sense, but in a game of adventure, that's absolutely fine. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad guy. Video game, guy. or, you know, tabletop RPG uh, mechanics in which, you know, people don't really have feelings, and there's no moral... Uh, quandary in just gunning someone down yeah it's the hench people uh quandary isn't it the one that yeah. austin powers explored a couple of times yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and yeah indiana jones certainly has absolutely no respect for hench people no uh -uh. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is one thing i do remember <laughs> yeah uh, he, he he cuts through a lot of people in those movies yeah, it's it's amazing to me that we have normalized, like, yeah, we just kill a person to get past them, or we just, you know, murder a dude uh, because they're trying to murder us first, um, when the the actual truth of that, like, the psychological scar that that puts on a person, <laughs> right? Like, the yeah. amount of PTSD all of our RPG characters would have. <laughs> I just keep thinking about how Indiana Jones, as a, you know, teacher with a gun, has maybe aged poorly. Uh, I mean, he's never in the <laughs> school. You don't know where his gun is kept. And also, I mean, he never has a gun at the school. Like, he's always, like, oh shit, that. and running away whenever he's at the school. Oh, I guess you're right. Um, uh, to, I mean, there's various uh, states in America right now that would like a professor or teacher like Indiana Jones to go in armed to defend I, I, his students. I... I not that we should be getting, <laughs> necessarily making in references to that kind of thing in a game of adventure. Uh, yeah, well, and, you know, there's also the, the fact that he's a, like, a college professor and not mm. a grade school teacher. Yeah. Uh, and, and all archaeologists carry guns, duh. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, how else are you going to dig out the treasure? Can't you just shoot the ground? <laughs> Imagine if that was the opening scene of like Jurassic Park and him just shooting at the fossil. Oh my god. I, I have I have 
people in my life who are archaeologists who would be like slapping their foreheads right now. <laughs> yes, John Hammond wrested this this chunk of amber out of the earth with a with only a pistol in his whip. Bear no expense. Uh, <laughs> all right then, Danielle, you had an idea about what was going to happen next after you crash landed in the desert. So tell us. Yeah, so we are going to push forward because there's only one way to go. And yep. that's mm. towards the, the palace in the distance. But we're not but, stupid. We have water. Yeah, of course. We have, we you know. We were in our plane prepared. Yeah, we were, we were ready to go on an adventure. So, because we're yeah. in a game of adventure. Exactly. Um, I don't know how we reconcile not knowing each other to being in this together, but I like the idea that it just kind of happened off screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Yes, one, one scene later, you're in a biplane together. We never refer to that again. That's a very they came from <laughs> yeah. attitude toward party building. I was just thinking <laughs> about the like, like film codes of like the 30s, and it's like they can't show these two women sharing a bed. Nope. Moving on. Yep. No, they are clearly just good friends now. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's called a biplane for a reason. <laughs> 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 that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well, that means I'm putting the next uh, next quiz on you, Dixie. Uh, our adventurers, of course, access the palace, uh, navigating the 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 runes on the door, the ancient hieroglyphics mm. that uh, one of you, I hope, can read. Um, this this is where a nice investigation sequence in using the story path rules can come into play. Right. And uh, after accessing it, of course, there has to be a some kind of trap chamber, doesn't there? There has to be a room where you are in imminent peril. Right. Um, now, this can't be a peril. You need to start thinking now of what kind of peril this is. But this can't be the kind of peril that's going to cut off your exit, because there still needs to be a way out of this palace and a way for the guy in the other plane, Bobby, to chase you in. So, you're in a grand hallway... It's vaulted. It stretches up much higher than you could possibly think they would have ordinarily built in these days. Uh, there's wonderful freezers on the wall and uh, all kinds of artwork on display. This is really, truly a palace fit for a pharaoh. But you take your first step in. You can see something of worth maybe at the end of the hallway that's going to make you want to dash for it and not just back up. What? Bad thing happens as soon as you step inside. Hmm. Yeah, something that is going to imperil our characters in a way that won't murder them, but will majorly inconvenience them. I'm trying to figure out if I go for the classic, like, you know, spikes coming out of the walls or, like, gates that are closing. I'll have to find yeah. a way to like, reopen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, uh, yes. Yeah. So if you have gates closing ahead of you, that compels you to rush forward. Yeah, exactly. Before... Like there's, there's like there's like one like right in front of us. It's like about to drop down. Mm -hmm. So in true video game fashion, you have to like sprint, but that means you're not really watching where you're going. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And well, that's when the traps. spikes and darts and similar strike. Yeah, it just becomes a really cool action sequence of us like dodging all this bullshit. You know, mm. like gouts, gouts of flame and. And darts and things that we're we're trying really hard to like, you know, watch our footing, but inevitably, you know, it's 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 kind of dark in there. We've only got, you know, crappy nineteen thirties flashlights or lanterns yeah. or torches or something. Probably torches are cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> We just get to run. And of course, you know, D as the more athletic character is probably pulling me along a little bit. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we might uh, allow Danielle to make the athletics and dexterity roll, but yes. impose a complication based on the fact that you are dragging uh, Bobby the nurser along with you. <laughs> yeah. So you might make it, but if you don't buy off the complication, you'll be dropping Bobby behind you. Yeah, Bobby's oh, yeah. like a little athletic and everything, because, you know, once again, she's got some military training, but, yeah, you know, yeah. women in those days didn't go through the same kind of boot camps that the, mm. that, that, that the boys did. Yeah. Oh, well, this is going to be a tough one. And you know, the story guide over here is going to have his head in his hands. Because <laughs> he's thinking, when I design this corridor, I design a really interesting, safe pathway you could navigate all the way through to the other end. And you're just dashing all the way down it. It was a really interesting puzzle with a mosaic. I I'd made printouts. You know, Mythbusters <laughs> uh, did a thing where they uh, went through the... Um, I think in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when uh, that very opening scene where Indiana Jones sep chain, you know, s takes the golden idol and puts a, a sack of sand there and then runs mm -hmm. straight out yeah. and all of the darts are like going and they're missing him, right? Because he's just right. running straight. Um, and they were like, would that really work? Yeah. Or would he have gotten hit? And they did a whole thing where they like estimated how fast... Uh, those arrows would be going and then built a temple <laughs> uh, run and and just ran across it and absolutely um, like would not get hit. So I, th I think we're mm. fine. Yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's bad news for, for Bobby, the ex-fiance, because uh, he doesn't have someone to drag him through all of this. And now he's got a bunch of uh, iron gates that have slammed down in his way. So not only is he going to have to make his way through those gates, he's also going to be peppered with darts and spikes. Mm -hmm. It's like a him problem if he wants yeah. to follow us. <laughs> I think he didn't the gates might use that. I think the gates might reset after a lot of time, because obviously these traps don't have to follow actual no, no. real life rules. Which is what I always look at in like video games, where I'm like, how would this work if it had actual like medieval levels of technology or what have you? Yeah, I think at the end of the grand hallway where you find your golden idol for want of something better, there will probably be some kind of lever that you could pull that resets everything. Uh, so th then it's up to you whether you want to make his his access easy or, or difficult. Uh, I mean, so, I just don't yeah. want him to know there are traps. <laughs> well, like, resetting everything may be the, may be the way forward. Yeah. Mm. Well, so our adventure adventure is uh, certainly <laughs> panning out well. Uh, expect to see this in print. And now, <laughs> um, going on from that, as you mentioned, Danielle, the advent adventure PDF currently has twenty five percent off. That's not the only game, is it? We've uh, got quite a lot that's going to be in the Christmas in July. So there's over a thousand products that are in it. I looked at it earlier, um, mm. which, which which does include some, you know, uh, like story path nexus and three uh, C and vault stuff. But there's so much stuff on sale. Like yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's literally over a thousand products. Um, oh yeah, some mini, some full mini books, of some our posters. products. But yeah, well, they're like over a thousand of 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 ours specifically. Oh yeah, we have a thousand products. Ah uh, yeah, once you start including well, once again, Lucy and Vault, Kane's Minor, stuff like that, and also we we released over the years a lot of like things like posters for like Mage, 
Yeah, posters, stuff. screens. Yeah. So, yeah, we have, I think it's like 1,015, something like that, things in the sale. If That's you just... a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. <laughs> we have a lot of things on Draper RPG. We have a lot of stuff. Guys, did you realize we had so much stuff? <laughs> I, I, I think I did. Uh, but only because of all the, you know, once again, s smaller releases that we've done over the years. Well, we sing, the, we sing the praises of our own company fairly regularly, which isn't unusual, you know. Mm -hmm. This is called the Onyx Pathcast, after all. And one of the things that I think we quite rightly celebrate is how we still release something new every single Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it is a uh, desktop wallpaper or a storyteller screen sometimes it's a huge source book or a core rule book sometimes mm -hmm. we release more than one thing in a week uh like last week we released tending the flame as yeah uh, we released tending the flame for hunter the vigil second edition and mm -hmm. as well as vtt tokens for they came from beneath the sea and they came from beyond the grave mm -hmm. so i can yeah very well see us having over a thousand products when you take into account every single supplement uh you know virtual tabletop piece uh you know everything that we do mm -hmm. and god we work hard <laughs> <laughs> i need a break just thinking about it yeah well yeah, if you actually go to the onyx path section on drive through pg it says that we have 1245 items heavens total <laughs> and over a thousand of them are currently on sale that's well, a lot of sale well, listeners, I say it a lot on the Onyx Path news, but if you've bought anything that we have released, and I'm guessing you've bought at least one thing because you're listening to this, head on over to DriveThruRPG, click on My Library, and start leaving ratings. You, yeah. We would love reviews as well, don't get me wrong. Reviews genuinely turn possible customers into actual customers, but ratings are almost as good, and they take you no time at all to leave them, and we hugely appreciate them. It it really does uh, make people consider buying our our books, and that, that is what we mm. are in this, uh, in this business for. Ultimately, we love doing it, but it's... We're also uh, here to sell books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not not just a spectator sport. There is uh, there is an objective to this game. There is. Yeah. Well, in the adventure oh. game, uh, initially <laughs> all you were going to do was map out this palace. Now you're trapped inside it. Uh, got to find um, a way out. Yeah, you got to find yeah. a, a, a different exit. There's got to be a different exit somewhere. Well, uh, I'm feeling thoroughly unimaginative at this point. So, here's your options. There are hieroglyphs following a staircase that goes up. This staircase is old. This is not some uh, stone, sandstone-built staircase. This is old, wooden, rotten, by the looks of it. Uh, it was must have been built thousands of years ago, so the fact that it's staying together at all is a small miracle, but maybe something to do with the strange place nature of this palace. However, adjacent to said staircase, which heads upward toward the tip of the palace, uh, because there's a spire on top, why not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is also what could best be described as a well heading down. Now, on all the maps you've ever seen, all the books you've ever read about the palace of Pharaoh Hujima, the Pharaoh of the Moon, 
You've never heard of I don't believe you remembered Hoodrum Flip because I had forgotten it entirely. <laughs> I'm so impressed by that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, there was never any kind of insinuation that there was an underground section to this uh, to this palace. And this well, well, this well stretches down, down, down into the deep, deep dark. And oh. oddly, there's a rope. And it looks pretty new, alarmingly. It looks like it was must have been placed there in the last 10, 20 years, you think. It's not showing signs of wear or rot or bugs getting to it or anything like that. That just trails down into the depths. So you can head upward to where you know there will be a treasure vault or a throne room or something of that ilk. Or you could head down into the mystery of what's beneath the Palace of the Pharaoh. You can hear an angry German man behind you. I will find you, Helga. You We're going will be downstairs. my wife. We're going down that well. <laughs> Fortune favors the bold. <laughs> We're going so, repelling. Yes. And then, were, and then suddenly mm. adventure just turns into a horror game as we act, accidentally end up in like the descent or something. Yes, welcome to the world below. So, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> everything went to plan. This was my intention all along. Uh, now you'll never be able to climb up as Bobby the German cuts the uh, cuts the rope and leaves you stranded down there. Uh, now that's the question. Would he follow you down or would he head on up himself? I imagine his greed would compel him to to ascend and therefore give you some breathing space for a while. But yeah, I think be... he'll ascend first, realize we're not there, and then come back and go down the well. Which yeah. will give us like a good 30 minute lead on him. Especially if he collapses through the staircase uh, yes. while, while trying to do so onto the spikes underneath. I'm going to also... guess that he's also a talent because I would not allow myself to get fake engaged to some plebe. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I, I, I just think we're doing the smart thing because like, we're out in the desert. If mm. we're going underground, it's more likely to have both water and cool air. That's right. Um, and, you know, no sandstorms. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that this is some kind of secret tunnel that the palace had already, and that uh, we are using it to get to, like, you know, it's going to emerge at, like, a, an oasis or near a town or something. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, this near, may Near actually, some handy camels we can ride. This may be, this, this uh, tunnel beneath the palace could lead to the moon that enters uh, the pharaoh's name. Uh, so he found a subterranean moon because adventure has just got weird. Because adventure That's does sometimes cool. go a bit, it does sometimes go a bit hollow earthy. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And so, yeah, why not? Well, let's say the pharaoh or his priests, uh, back when he was uh, the king of the land, uh, dug deep, being called by uh, one of his many gods and was told there was a great treasure beneath the sand. And what was actually under there was, yeah, a moon mm. inside the earth. Aw, is it made of cheese? Uh, he wanted to make it part of his crown, because as we know, some pharaohs had moons or suns as part of their, uh, their crowns. Uh, but it was too large, and in some kind of hubristic fable... He, he tried to reach for the moon and, I don't know, he, he got crushed by it or he imploded when he reached 18,000 um, feet. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, you could say it was a titanic undertaking. He was he didn't listen to his safety advisors. 
No, unfortunately not. They, they weren't. They weren't very good in like three thousand BCE. No. <laughs> Rather laissez-faire when it came to <laughs> uh, pressurization and depressurization. Maybe after just discovering this moon, one of us could become some sort of moon knight. Haha. <laughs> Maybe. <could> be fun. <laughs> yeah. See, and and then your character stays asleep until aberrant. Emerges from the <laughs> desert at that point. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. Behold, I am the Nova of the desert. You can call me Moon Paladin. <laughs> Luna Paladin. Yes. Oh, just uh, if you were a supervillain, they would just call you the Lunatic. Oh no! No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't see that as a as a bad pun here because if you are moon focused, you could be the lunar. You know, you'd have it in camel case. So camel case, what? <laughs> yeah, so capital L, capital T, lunar tick. Oh, I don't know whether that means you twitch a lot or whether you're part bug. I don't know. We're going into strange realms now, strange places. Appropriate. I've never heard you get that defensive or one of your punny little things. <laughs> <laughs> because no, for me, fine. it works. It works, damn it. <laughs> and you know what? Humor is always better when you have to explain it. That is what makes things funny. Yes. That's <laughs> why in every They Came From game, we put in a little uh, sidebar in the introduction to say, if you don't find it funny, it's you who has the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, anyway. Uh, what more needs to be said about adventure? I don't know that we've spoken about the game too much other than what you can do with it, which I think is just as valid a, like that's a source the, of discourse. I feel like that's the most important source of discourse. Like, what yeah, do you do in this game? That's mm. one of those things that I think every time someone pitches a game, a lot of people don't think about that. They, yeah. like, they'll you know, once once you've been doing it for a while, you 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 know that you have to ask that question. Mm -hmm. I see people fairly frequently being like, okay, in this game, you play this, and you have these powers, da, da, da. and inevitably, I I, I I find myself looking at those game descriptions and going, but what do you do? Like, yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you do with those powers? What are you fighting against? What is the state of the world? What is the point? Like, yep. what, what do you do in this game? And so I know that for us, whenever we start very early on in a game's design process, it's one of the things that we throw around. Mm. Um, or if someone's pitching a game on their own, it's what they, they tend to define on their own. It's like, here, here is... The game I want to make, and here is what you do in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, because that that's incredibly important. <laughs> like, what, what you do in a game is kind of the point of the game. I completely agree. I think uh, I always hammer on about utility. Yep. And whether it's a source book that provides options for players or a core book that provides you with story hooks or very... I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being overt about exactly what you're saying, Dixie, of this is what you can do with the game. These are the kinds of stories you can tell in this game. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can absolutely see why some readers, and probably more so some writers will feel like, well, my work should speak for itself. You should draw the inspiration you can from my quality of prose. <laughs> and I, I do get that, because sometimes when I'm writing or when I'm developing, I'll think, you know what, this is good. I get it. I, I read it, and I can immediately see the point. But then I need to step back and think, just because I get it, 
doesn't mean everyone else is approaching us from the same frame of reference or everyone else hasn't been spending hours or days staring at the same document as I have. So, yeah, calling it out, whether it's in sidebars or whether it's in a whole chapter dedicated to running stories or listening to a pathcast like this and saying that's how you run a nice, easy uh, one shot of adventure in the Palace of Hujima Flip. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, starting with uh, a farcical uh, hotel mix-up and ending with the descent into a strange place, a stranger place. With yeah, no. we should wrap up. You're the host. That's that's your job. I know, and I just sneezed, which is why I had to stop. Isn't it? <laughs> Uh, that was the pharaoh that succeeded Hujima Flip. So, <laughs> uh, Danielle, if people want to speak to you about this adventure game, where would they uh, go? You can find me on the Onyx Path Discord, and I will. I often chat with people there now. And you can find me at my website, daniellozon.com. And how about you, Dixie? Uh, you can find me on the Discord. You can find me on... Various at symbol websites as Dixie Cyanide. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky now, um, which I'm enjoying. But you know, we'll, you. we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I asked for an invite code, and uh, our our very own freelancer Joshua Deach was nice enough to send me one. So good, for, good on Joshua. That's <laughs> nice. We like but, Joshua. Yeah. But yeah, talk to me in the Discord. Talk to me about Hujima Flip and about our uh, our biplane adventure. Yeah, and if you want to find me, the best place is the Onyx Path Discord, exactly the same as uh, these two wonderful colleagues of mine. And you can also find me in the books I've worked on at MatthewDawkins.com, but most importantly, head on over to DriveThruRPG and take on the uh, Christmas in July uh, sale, because yeah. we have, as Dixie mentioned, over a thousand books on sale. Well, and, not all books. Well, not all books. A thousand products on sale. Uh, so I would be amazed if you couldn't find at least one thing that you've not bought yet that is now has now has money off. So, with that said, thank you so much for listening. Many worlds, one Hoosier to flip.